Blog Talk Radio. Welcome all truth seekers from across the globe. This is Reverend Karen L. Heasley from the Spiritual Path Church of Newcastle, Pennsylvania in the United States. Our truth seeker show covers a variety of subjects from angels to afterlife communication to parapsychology to spiritualism to near-death experiences, meditation, and a number of other truth-seeking topics. We are happy you have chosen to join us for this episode and hope you find it informative and enjoyable. After our chat tonight with Tina, we will be taking calls. Now, get a piece of paper and a pencil and write this number down. 657-383-0416. I'm going to repeat that again, all you truth seekers out there. 657-383-0416. We also have a chat room open as well. Tonight's guest is Tina M. Zeon. Tina is a fourth-generation psychic medium specializing in medical intuition and teaching it internationally. She has worked in the mental health field as a registered nurse with a national board specialty certification in mental health nursing from the American Nurses Crediting Association. Tina is a Gestalt-trained counselor, graduating from the Indianapolis Gestalt Institute in 1997. She received her certification in clinical hypnotherapy from the American Council of Hypnotist Examiners in 1985, specializing in past life regression and certified through the Michael Newton Institute. Tina is the internationally known author of Become a Medical Intuitive, the Complete Developmental Course, the Reiki Teacher's Manual, and is a contributing author in Newton's latest book, Memories of the Afterlife. Tina has recently accepted a faculty position in New York Spiritual Development Center, Fellowship of the Spirits, which is up near Lilydale, New York. Tina also has a new book coming out April 1, 2018, titled Advanced Medical Intuition, Six Underlining Causes of Illness and Unique Healing Methods. She has just been accepted to teach at the Omega Institute and will be there September 2018. Tina, it's great to have you tonight. You have been on such a wonderful journey. Oh, Karen, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, I know that people out there, I would like you maybe to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started this amazing journey that you're on. Hmm. Well, I uh, actually started out as a psychiatric nurse, and then I was always, always fascinated with hypnosis. And so I um, became uh, certified 
as a clinical hypnotherapist. And then I was so drawn to past life regressions. And so I pretty much specialized in that. And for many, many years, then I came across Michael Newton's work, which is life between lives regressions. And so I started to do that regression work, which was actually having the experience of life um, that we have in between physical lives. In other words, uh, exploring our life in the the spiritual realm, in the non-physical realm. And then uh, I was also a Reiki practitioner throughout all this time. And it's really Reiki that opened up the medical aspect of my intuitive abilities because I was always perceiving, I, um, since I can remember since a little child, I was perceiving um, non-physical realm. Uh, so it was a very, very natural. But boy, it was when I was doing Reiki sessions and teaching Reiki a lot uh, is when the, the medical aspect really um, came to be. And then I am now uh, teaching uh, people how to do this work so that it'll, it'll have a domino effect, you know, throughout the world is my hope. Great. And um, I would like you to explain also what is medical intuition and give us some examples if you could. Oh, that's a good question. Um, let's see. I always say that uh, we uh, intuitives will pick up uh, the general story of a person. We'll pick up their current life struggles, um, things like that. And medical intuitives also pick up uh, the story. Uh, they pick up the eternal story. So we pick up past life information. But generally, it's different facets that tend to lead to uh, medical or emotional problems. So we're doing the general intuitive work, but we're also picking up uh, all struggles in the physical body and, and what is underneath those struggles, you know, causing it. So, uh, it's, so it's a combination with a, probably an emphasis on uh, struggles that we have physically. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Look, it is. Um, uh-huh. I'm, always, I'm always fascinated by the history of things. And um, I mm. would like you to, to talk about the brief history of medical in, uh, intuition. Oh, okay, the history. Well, I believe, uh, and, if, and if we all think about this and the listeners think about this, that medical intuition has been ongoing uh, through our ancestors. It's been ongoing through the most ancient um, cultures, uh, the shamans are always working with uh, healing the physical body, healing the emotional body. Uh, So it's come through uh, very ancient civilizations is picking up the underlying story that might be causing a physical illness. Um, I do know that uh, I heard um, Norm Shealy in a Mm -hmm. conference, oh, a few years back, and he uh, said he actually coined the term, though, medical intuition. 
And so I thought that was very interesting. And boy, that that term has picked up, you know, all around the world. And um, who was the gentleman in your book? His first name was John. Um, he was a medical physician back in the 1800s. Oh, yes. Well, um, Norm Sheely was uh, actually connecting uh, that he was that physician in the 1800s. So oh, he Norm Sheely thought he was? Okay. Yes, yes. Hmm. He uh, really made a, uh, I can't think of the details of it, but he had a profound connection with that particular person in the past life. And he felt very strongly that uh, he was that person in a past life. So, you know, what is fascinating about all that is more and more physicians are opening up to medical intuition. And in people all across the medical field, the traditional Western medical field, are aware more and more and more that they know things they really don't know from lab tests and from mm-hmm. um, you know, MRIs and CAT scans and things like that. So... Uh, I I love that when science comes together with spirit. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. Uh, would you say that Edgar Casey was a, a medical intuitive? Oh yes, he was phenomenal, just phenomenal. Probably the difference is he was in such a deep trance he wouldn't uh, recall uh, what you know what information he was receiving. But he you know he was the grand master of it. I. I believe. Uh, I do too. And I think that Andrew Jackson Davis, who was also uh, the father of modern spiritualism, was also mm. somewhat of a, a medical in, uh, intuitive as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so see, see, look at the, you asked about the history, but look at the history that you and I are both bringing up. It's a very, very natural uh, modality to help other people, and it's been around since probably the beginning of time. I agree. It's all connected in some some way mm-hmm. or another. Um, mm-hmm. In your book, in your book, you talked about uh, the healing techniques. Would you say that medical intuition is somewhat of a healing technique? Very much so. It, I, it probably doesn't need to go into healing. Uh, techniques, but my next book that's coming out in April, like you mentioned, Advanced Medical Intuition, uh, really takes it into uh, different uh, healing modalities, uh, really. And people, when they was taking my two-day workshop at the end of Sunday evening, they would ask me, well, how, how do we heal? We've got this information going. We really are starting to trust ourselves. We're getting accurate information about uh, the person's illnesses, you know, during the workshop. Well, now now what do we do? So I actually added the third day to my workshop so that we could attend to um, the healing practices of it. How does this bring a healing? Sometimes it's literally, though, Karen, literally a person receiving the information about it and I've seen energetically a phenomenal release of uh, an illness or a malady or a struggle. 
um, just from hearing, um, you know, on a energetic level, what is causing their struggle. So sometimes it's a very spontaneous situation. And you said there are six underlining causes? Mm-hmm. That's what I um, talk about in um, in my new book coming out, like I said. And it's things like, mm, just to give the listeners some idea, okay. I have found that uh, sometimes relationships, our current life relationships, are um, creating uh, so many struggles and then creating illness. Um, it could be things as simple as, uh, the, the person is extremely low in vitamin D. So I was picking up with my sister. She has MS and she's in a wheelchair. And I was um, picking that up. And I asked her, would you get a lab test uh, from your physician and get your vitamin D level checked? And she basically didn't even register on uh, the lab test that her levels was either non-existent or they couldn't pick it up. So it's things like that. Um, The medical intuitive will get so much validation, too. I'd want to tell the listeners that it's amazing that the validation um, that you'll get and how accurate that we can be uh, in this way. So that's a couple of, you know, what I would call the underlying uh, concerns. Now, a lot of times it's a past life and that energy signature has come forward with us from uh, past life and especially past life traumas. So I know that you uh, mentioned that you find the the past life information is uh, very interesting. Oh, I do. Um, and, and I also find interesting that you say that um, somebody doesn't really need a medical background to do uh, medical intuition. No, no, they do not. What I do say is, the person basically needs to know where our body parts are. In other words, you need to know, uh, you know, the location of your liver, of your spleen, of your pancreas, you know, where the organ of your stomach actually is, uh, you know, so that you'll know when you pick up an area energetically that mm-hmm. you'll know what the, uh, what the, the organ is in that area. So it would, again, give you more information. But other than that, many, many, many people um, do not have a medical background that uh, have come to my workshop. That's, uh, that's good to know because some people might need a medical background doing this work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people are, are very um, worried and concerned about it, of course. But, oh, like in my um, book and in my workshop – I hand out uh, the most basic uh, anatomy chart you could ever imagine, you know, so that you do know where your body parts are. And then when the intuitive picks up the energy of that area, they'll know it has something to do usually with that, you know, that organ or that body part. I found this most interesting when I read your book. We are actually wired to do medical intuition for others. It is truly a learned skill. Yes. I'm absolutely convinced of that. And I know that there are some people out there that are really stating, oh, either they're the only ones who can do this or 
There's only a few people in the world who can do this. But, you know, Karen, if that was the case, I wouldn't be able to travel all over the place like I do uh, to teach people uh, how to do this for others. And uh, I get so much feedback that people are doing this for others and that they are uh, profoundly accurate. So we are wired to be intuitive, absolutely. Our entire um, physical body is very electrical. The non-physical realm is very, very electrical. So we are literally wired to pick up this type of information because um, the non-physical world is uh, very electrical in nature. Even people in spirit are very uh, electrically alive. So I I love that aspect of it, too, that I tell people, and people have told me, gosh, Tina, when you said that we are wired to do this, I felt such a relief, and it really helped me. So I hear that quite a bit, actually. Well, I think it gives them confidence to know that that's something that they're drawn to and they can actually really do it. Yes, and, you know, and I tell people, uh, especially the listeners right now, that if you are drawn to this, you're picking up a message from the universe that this is um, meant to be, to have in your life, to do for your family members or do for, uh, you know, your clients. It's, um, it's a, I find it a deeper, deeper, but yet complex level of awareness about another human being. And it's profoundly helpful. I guess when we're talking about this, how others are drawn to this, what made you be drawn to this, to do this, Tina? Hmm. Well, um... My, I grew up in a very, very intuitive family. We were absolutely expected to receive intuitive information as little kids. We were absolutely expected to perceive our loved ones who have passed on. Uh, we were expected to perceive them and see them um, in, you know, in the spirit realm. And the, again, the, the, I was very active with Reiki, and I was um, doing a Reiki session with a woman, and it was very spontaneous. I was suddenly seeing uh, very deeply into her lungs, and it literally was like um, I was looking into the anatomy of an actual human lung, and it, I was perceiving it very much like an X-ray. And so that's really how the, I was startled, actually. I, I, I about, you know, jumped back when I uh, perceived that. But that's really how the medical aspect of it began. Um, and while I was doing Reiki sessions, I was perceiving so many changes on the energetic level that I could see it, I could feel it. Um, and then uh, when that uh, situation looking into her lungs happened. Uh, boy, I was uh, I was on my way, you know, into uh, working with the medical aspect. And again, I love it when because I'm a nurse. Also, I love it when science comes together with spirit. 
I just love that. It was like a wow effect when that happened to you. Would you say? Oh, I was very, I was very wowed out because, like I said, I almost like jumped back. I didn't, thank goodness, but I was um, shocked. I was just plain shocked. And at that time, this was years and years ago. It's probably in the early teen nineties when that happened. And I had never heard about medical intuition. Um, I just knew I could see the energy of a person change during the Reiki session and go from um, thicker or denser and, and dull looking into brightness and things like that. But uh, this was something profoundly um, deeper, literally deeper. Uh, it was on the, the physical level also. That's wonderful. <laughs> it is. It's just incredible. I like this other... Uh, Notice each per, each person as soul energy first before mm. looks or personality. Mm. Yes. I, I don't think a lot of people do that, though. Do you, Tina? Seriously? No. They, you know, especially in our times now, look at the difference that if we noticed our neighbor or the person in the car in front of us or... Um, you know, our coworker, if we really perceived each person as a, a soul and they all have their eternal story, um, I think we would interact in a very different way. And we don't have to, you know, see it uh, as deeply as uh, an intuitive, as a psychic person, but if we just noticed in our own way, oh, yeah, that person is a soul also, not just a physical body with a personality that might bother us or, um, you know, or we struggle with whatever they think. I don't think we'd do that, Karen. I think uh, we would be um, more compassionate. Yes, I do, too. We have a caller. I'm going to take it, so uh, okay. hold on here. All right. Welcome, to Seeker. May we have a first name? Oh, hi. This is Valerie. I wasn't sure if you were doing uh, medical intuitive reading. Uh, we, we hadn't talked about it. I am really doing more teaching of it right now, but what question did you have? Uh, I was just kind of wondering if you were picking up anything health-wise. For you, for you in particular, you mean? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'd have to tune uh, into you. And um, oh, one thing I could add here is that I uh, never do this without permission. And I'm really, really big on that. And I know that you're really uh, giving me permission right at at the moment. But um, it's very, very important because a lot of people feel like uh, medical intuitives, or at least I hear this, that we are um, poking inside of people's bodies uh, without them aware of it. But number one, it's none of our business, none of my business. And number two, and number two 
it's it's very very personal you know and medical intuitive can't get any more personal than entering into a person's uh, physical being so that's very important to me but anyway Valerie um, I can tell you that I'm perceiving and this is one of the symbols that my guides give me when that you're opening up your mouth really wide and I um, can uh, am looking like down your literally down your esophagus and so that's always a, a symbol just to give you a little quick piece of information about ingesting uh, something that it, you're struggling with so either a food um, a medication or some people it's drinking you know too much uh, soda pop um, too much diet soda things like that so just immediately I get that for you now what's important and this is what I would say when I was doing uh, intuitive readings what's important is when I said that is notice whatever leaped into your awareness because that's the truth of it. I got that signal, but when I said that verbally to you, uh, what you need to, to notice really, really, really what instantly leaped into your awareness. And you certainly don't need to say that, you know, here on the show, but that's what I'd ask you to notice immediately when I said I'm uh, seeing your mouth opening wide and looking down um, you know, literally down your throat and you're ingesting something that you're struggling with physically. I wonder if it's the new protein shake that I just started. Uh, pardon? I can hardly hear you. Oh, I was th- thinking the only thing new that I'm doing is the protein shake. Mm, mm-hmm. And I just started that with the last few weeks. Mm. Well, now look what leaped into your awareness about that. See that out of all the things that we eat and drink all day long or any supplements or medications that you could be taking, notice what leaped into your awareness when I said that. Because, see, I always want people to realize how intuitive they are. So I'm kind of turning it around right now and asking you notice how that piece of intuitive information uh, leaped into your awareness. So thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. Did that answer the question? Uh, yes. I was just wondering if there was, um, I, you know, I know I started taking the protein shakes because I'm, you know, um, and walking more and drinking more water. So I'm trying to see if that's actually helping my body. Well, when I was doing sessions like this, people would, um, and I think the other listeners would find this interesting too, I think, that people would literally, um, and most of my sessions are on the phone or Skype, uh, but they would go through each medication that they were taking and they would just uh, name it out loud to me. And I would watch to see what their energy field does when uh, they call off, you know, it could be Tylenol or something. And I would tell them, well, your energy field just lit up 
or it or it became dim and less energy. So uh, nope. and we we would well, spend the whole yeah. session going through their medications. But for you, when well, you can mentioned, I give you, can I give well, you one no, thing? but okay. what, I would just say no because we can't make okay the right. our okay. show all, right. all about this reading. Right. But when you mentioned the protein drink, uh, your energy be lessened. So in other okay. words, you lost some of your brightness. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Because that's the only thing new that I'm doing. So that makes so, sense. So yeah. Uh huh. And see, that's just a signal to me that boy, if it was super good for you, you would have gotten even brighter than what you already are. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay well, good. I better put that one down. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um and then you have remember um we were talking about how you go into all the aura colors and the different vibrations. Mm. Can you explain that a little bit so some people out there might not even know what an aura is? Well, I've never read this anywhere um, and maybe it is in other people's literature or other people's books but a few years back it, I, my guides informed me that when we perceive an aura that we are actually seeing or feeling or sensing uh, the more visible uh, aspect of our soul. So in other words, our soul is much larger than what can be stuffed in to a physical body, and it doesn't um, stay contained under our skin. Uh, that it, It's electric. It's, it emanates. We radiate uh, the, our aliveness. And when we struggle, that that radiance isn't as bright as uh, what it could be. So, first of all, I say that it is uh, literally um, the the visible portion of our soul energy. Then I like to break it down into, oh, you know, someone who does see auras, they'll say, oh, that person is, you know... um, very uh, has a lot of red shooting out or they have a, a big beam of green coming into their heart or or it's emanating out from their heart or you know there's a thickness of a dark thickness on uh, someone's shoulders so basically every single color is a vibratory frequency. It's a certain electrical frequency. And it is chocked full of information. It is um, just full of information because each uh, frequency, um, how would I say it, uh, vibrates with certain thoughts and certain emotions. So let's say oh, someone gets very angry really quickly, uh, someone might see kind of a, a dark maroonish red shooting out of the person's head or something. And then it's just instantly gone because that person was just 
quickly angry and that it subsided right away. That's just one, you know, one example. Uh, So basically every color is a different set of uh, information because every thought that we have, it has its own electrical frequency. Every emotion that we have has an electrical frequency and that generates in uh, visual colors. So one of the things I like to uh, get across to people is that when you think you see uh, a certain color around somebody, you're, you're seeing their soul energy, but you're also receiving a particular piece of information about where they're at, at least right there at that moment. That's kind of a long mm-hmm. answer, I think. But No, that was good. And uh, I always, um, I, I do have to ask you about certain colors um, okay. that might have a negative connotation like black or gray. You want to talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. Well, um, we, we medical intuitives have to be extremely careful not to diagnose. I'll start there. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, to, right. To, Yes, because we're not legally allowed to do it. But you know what right. intuitives can do, Karen, is we can describe and describe and describe in detail what we're perceiving and how it looks or how it feels. Uh, so the, the reason I bring that all up is that um, cancer, when I find cancer in people, and that's what people mm-hmm. are terrified, you know, in a, a medical intuitive mm-hmm. will find, uh, it looks like black, shiny tar to me. Okay. And it will be in a, you know, like a, either in like a, it'll look like a tumor in the shape of a tumor or it'll look like tendrils or, or whatever. So I would describe, well, there's black, shiny tar, uh, its um, color and it's here and there or wherever. And then I would say, uh, I really want you to get this checked out and I'd like you to Make an appointment with your doctor because I really feel that our medical intuitive abilities must be truly integrated with Western medicine. That is, to me, integrative medicine is when these abilities fit with um, the medical world. So that um, but on the positive note, black is actually a very protective vibration um, so a lot of people that wear black, it gives them a feeling of comfort because it's uh, a protective vibration. So every color has kind of the, the negative up to the positive aspects of them. Uh, when I pick up gray, there's usually a component of uh, depression with it. Okay. That's and then it, what else matters is where is the location of whatever color you're picking up. That's very important too, is the location. What other colors were you wondering about? Uh, well, a uh, high vibrational color for me would be purple, you know, yes. purple, violet. Yes, yes. Gold. Well, yes, yes. And think about now, uh, purples and gold are usually what um, the royalty wears, if you think about mm-hmm. it. So it's, it's that, yep. And that's um, probably an unconscious 
um, decision to wear purples and golds, you know, when you're the king or the queen or the lord mm-hmm. over, you know, the the land or whatever's going on. Uh, and so, see, that really denotes that high vibration. And purples and golds are are very, very high. Yes, they definitely are. Uh-huh. Um, I um, was thinking about <clears throat> the healing and, uh, you know, of what you do and what you see. And I was mm-hmm. reading in a book where you say you're never alone and there's always spirit guides around. Even when somebody comes in to see you, you sort of notice that there are guides around them to yes. help yes. with the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the guides, you know, people a lot of times will say, well, I thought my guides were around me, but now I don't notice them anymore. I hear that frequently. And what I would say uh, to those people is the spirit realm never leaves us. Uh, If anything, we kind of leave it. We really can't even leave it, but we can block it out. But uh, our guides in that non-physical realm of assistance that we have never leaves us. In fact, we have to work kind of hard to not notice these things. We have to work hard to um, keep it at bay because we're Mm -hmm. spirit beings in a spirit non-physical realm. And at the same time, we are in the physical realm if we are alive. So uh, what else would I say? Some of the, some of our guides um, I have found uh, tend to come and then and then do go while others come in. So if we're on a special project or a special time in our life, we might have a special um, guidance to get us through that time. Uh, and then I've noticed we have uh, guides who have been with us maybe for our entire soul's uh, existence. Uh, and they are always there. So, uh, yes, I love that. Now, a lot of times they don't look like a person, but they tend to have that ability to. Sometimes they are uh, glowing balls of light that they're not so much in a human form. Hmm, that, that's Yeah, that's that's interesting, too. I never thought about it that way, the guy being that way. You know, I always thought oh. they would come around in a human form to tell you the truth. Oh, and I just mm-hmm. learned something tonight. Oh, thank you. Oh, Karen, that's I me. did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, somebody will say, uh, "Well, my grandmother is my guide." Well, our 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 loved ones who have passed on can certainly be guidance for us. Uh, but we also many people have guides that have probably not had a physical life on Earth. Uh, many people, um, Doreen Virtue, uh, who's the angel person, yes. um, I think in some of her books, she would say that most angels have not had uh, physical lives on the earth plane. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, I, I, here's one thing I would say that okay. I always think that there is much more going on in the non-physical realm than is ever going on uh, in this physical world. 
you know, it's very complicated. There are um, all kinds of uh, guides and angels and beings. And it's, it's wonderful to let yourself begin to perceive them because they, you know, like I said, they don't leave us. We tend to work kind of hard to keep it all blocked out, actually. And they have it all orchestrated up there, more than we will ever know. It's very organized. Yes. It is. There's a they have it all orchestrated. They do. Yes. Yes. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. If you expect intuition to come in one particular way, you will absolutely miss all the ways it is truly coming to you. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, here's the best example. Is okay. People who say they don't see anything and they're trying really hard to see and, you know, working really hard at, at trying to see uh people in spirit and all that, all that really means is they're working so darn hard to be clairvoyant that they're missing, um, oh, the the sound of uh, tinkling bells when their angel is around or they think a thought that jumps into their head is just their logical thinking mind when really you just received... Um, a telepathic piece of information. So, so many people have decided that they are failures as intuitives because they don't see everything or they don't see anything. But really all that means is you're missing all the pathways that it's coming to you. Well, don't you think that they're they're bent on working one way with spirit, but there's many ways of working with the spirit world and the guides? Yes, absolutely. It's through all of our senses, and it's also through um, what I call it, waves of knowing. That mm-hmm. is how it happens too. And but people just blow it off. Uh, it comes through nature. Uh, I just had a oh last week a bird coming to the windowsill. It's never happened before. And it was tapping on the window at me. And so we need to notice those things. And if we don't know what it means, just sit there and say, what am I to know about uh, this bird tapping on my window with its beak? And then take the most instant, instant piece of information that leaps into your awareness and most of the time it will be a thought so people blow blow that off because oh that was just my thoughts it's just my imagination and don't you think throughout the years as working with uh, the spirit realm that sometimes they change ways they work with you I've noticed that with myself you know maybe I started out of being a uh, clairvoyance and now you know they change different ways or clairaudience you know it's they they're always changing with me some way and and you have to learn to be adaptable with them and have a rapport with them for sure yes in other words don't make uh, a rule that i have to see everything because you'll miss all the 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 sounds you'll miss the thoughts you'll miss the telepathic information uh, if you just think, 
it's all about seeing. It's, it's about the touch. It's about knowing. It's about uh, feeling something in your own physical body that's a signal, mm-hmm. really, about mm-hmm. someone else's heartache or something. Well, I'm going to give the number out again and see if we can get a couple more calls. But we're still going to chat here, Tina. I find you very interesting. Oh, thank you. The the number is 657-383-0416. I'm going to repeat this again. 657-383-0416. It's just fantastic, the things that you've been doing, though. I mean, it's just... I'd like to ask you, could you tell me one case that you had that really stands out for you that you worked with? Oh, Um, one particular case, one particular person? Yeah, whatever stands out when you think of something that that really uh, was Mm -hmm. an eye-opener for you or or something that that happened that you thought, wow, that's something. (laughs) Well, see, even as you asked the question, I just... I just kind of pause and notice whatever or whoever leaps into my awareness. And so um, this woman leaps into my awareness. And it was when I was first starting doing the medical aspect back in the early 90s. And um, it was as if I was in a little airplane zooming through her body and I thought, well, what on earth am I doing? What's going on? And I realized, I looked around, and I heard the word in, uh, colon and intestines. I thought, oh, okay, I'm looking around in her colon and, and uh, looking all around. And I was literally perceiving inside of uh, her colon. And I, mm-hmm. I actually came upon a group of polyps. And they were uh, very black, and there was a little grouping of them. So I noticed uh, where that was in her body. I, of course, and this is really important for the listeners, unless you're an MD, unless you're a medical doctor, I did not say you have cancerous polyps in your intestines or in your colon. Uh, What I said was, Boy, the, the energy's not moving in this area. And I pointed to her abdomen right where I was noticing it. And I said, you know, it's kind of lumpy and bumpy. And um, the food's having uh, some struggle through that area. And um, I said it felt bulky. So, I see, I just found all kinds of different ways to describe it. And mm-hmm. then I said... Now, I'd really like for you to get this checked out because I shouldn't be perceiving it that way. And so would you promise me that you will call your doctor and get a, a colonoscopy? And she did, and uh, it, and they found cancerous polyps exactly in that area. So the the more you do medical intuition, you you will know how accurate you are because people will tell you how accurate you are. You know, she got right back with me and thanked me and thanked me and thanked me uh, for, you know, catching that. Because apparently she didn't have any symptoms. But see, that's that this wondrousness about our ability to do this. And we are indeed wired 
to do this for each other. But she, so anyway, to answer your question, she comes mm-hmm. to mind. That's well, that's one. See, and then I like. There's so many things I liked when I I read this book, but I like a medical intuitive scan is like reading an intimate biography. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because it is because uh, our thoughts and emotions actually uh, tend to. I want to say congregate in different areas of our body. Um, Literally feeling uh, extremely responsible for things or responsible for certain people. Responsibility literally tends to congregate on our shoulders. And you know, our language even, at least in the English language, uh, some of our... um, Language talks about the body, mind, and emotional connection. So, you know, we even have saints, oh, he carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. Well, what we're really talking about is where different thoughts and different emotions tend to land or congregate or become denser uh, in our physical body. So that there really is truly a body, mind, an emotional connection. Yes, so I go into is. you know lots and lots of detail uh, during my workshop and in the book about that. But it you will find it over and over again, and it will be very accurate. And also, you you always say this in the book about working with spirit. The, the more you you learn to listen to spirit, the more accurate you can become. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I am struggling in a session, when I was doing the sessions, if I am struggling, I will stop and I think, oh, wait, I didn't call in uh, my helpers to do this type of work. And so mm-hmm. I take a you know, split second and, and invite them and then call them in to help me out. And then it just, the information just opens up. Yes. And and it's so effortless once you call them in for them to help you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You're not struggling as much. Is that the way? It's no, and you've noticed us? that too, haven't you? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, we mm-hmm. have a caller. Let's see who's on the line here for you. Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm fine. I Go had ahead. a question for your guest. Um uh, is it easier for you to do this on a stranger uh, instead of your family members or for yourself? Oh, or that is a super- this- Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Or doesn't that make any difference? I just wondered if you had any difference in your ability to do it with yourself or mm-hmm. your own family when you have emotions and stuff with your in connections with your family. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't with a stranger. It makes uh, world of difference because what I have found is we can never be as clear for people that we are emotional about. So uh, because emotion gets in there and kind of mucks it up. Okay, that makes me feel better because that's sort of how I am with my loved ones. I have a hard time really putting things together sometimes because of the emotions. Exactly. And exactly, because, you know, we our emotions, well, we have thoughts about, you know, our 
uh, family or friends, uh, and, and that gets in the way, and then the emotions get in the way. Where I have found, and I'd be interested um, in hearing what you have found too, that I am actually the clearest when I am on the phone, and I've never, oh, really? yeah, I have never talked to the person. Uh, I don't know anything about them. And when I was doing um, the medical intuitive readings, I would tell the person, do not tell me anything about yourself. I want to tell you first. I want to share what I'm perceiving about your energy and this and that before you tell me anything about yourself. Um, And with family, I'm a murky mess. So (laughs) it's that emotion. It gets in the way. Because, you know, if you think about it, intuition is very, very neutral information. It's neutral. It's, It's facts, it's details, and it's not full of emotion. That intuition is simply the receiving of information from the world around us. But I totally agree with you that we um, aren't as clear with friends and family. Yeah, okay. That, that I just wondered if it was just me or if, if you know, since you do this as a profession, which I don't, mm-hmm. but um, I just wondered about that. But thank mm-hmm. you. Well, and see, you've noticed that too, and I completely agree with you. And in fact, I talk about that in my workshops too because people say, well, gosh, I, I couldn't do this for my sister. I was all wrong about it. Well, yeah, yep, see, yeah. And yeah. sometimes you feel guilty if you if you miss something and you think, well, okay, well, even even like I'm a nurse, also, so mm-hmm. sometimes you even miss things that way because of yep. the emotion, even in the regular medical field. Absolutely, absolutely, especially oh, if you've had a um, a patient, you know, long term patient. Uh, the more emotionally connected you get, you won't be as uh, neutral, and so the information will will not be as clear. You'll get information, but I have found that it's it's not um, as clear or precise. Yes, I agree mm-hmm. with that. So, thank you. Yes. Oh, you're welcome. You're so welcome. It's not, you know, it's not. Uh, you at all, it's uh, everyone, because I hear that from all um, types of intuitive people that they just can't pick it up with people that uh, they're emotional about. And it can be love, you know, or somebody that that uh, you're angry with, but any, any kind of emotion just uh, doesn't allow that neutrality of information. Thank you very much. No, you're so welcome. Okay, that uh, leads me to this one thing. We must uh, clean up our own bodies, fine-tune our thoughts, energy, and learn to control our emotions. That's just what you were basically talking about, right, Tina? Mm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Yes, because, well, oh, I could add this. Uh, Princeton has recently uh, come out with uh, and, uh, some of their studies, and they are are pretty darn adamant when they uh, say this in their papers that energy follows human thought, hmm. and they are convinced. They feel like they have 
uh, proven it over and over again in um, repeated um, experiments, and that energy follows human thought. Uh, so if, if you think about the ramifications of energy follows all of our thoughts, well, what are we thinking? And who are we thinking it about? And where is that thought being sent? And what energy is interwoven within that thought? So we're actually very, very powerful. And let's say uh, we worried about the same thing, I don't know, um, 10 times today. Well, every time we had that worry thought um, that there was a certain level of energy inside of worry. And worry tends to be a heavier, denser uh, thought and emotion. And so that density tends to congregate uh, more physically uh, in the physical body. Where if we think of love and compassion and then feel love and compassion, that's a very high, fine vibration that works very wonderfully with the physical body. So I love to talk about this stuff. I, I, just, I just could go on and on. Um, so we, I ask the listeners to be more careful about what we think. Be more uh, deliberate and be more in charge of your thoughts because uh, negative thoughts have a, a heavier vibration and a heavier yes. vibration will tend to become more physical in our body, um, you know, more rapidly, I guess. And also I saw uh, carrying the burdens of others will deplete us, which they will. Yes. It wears us out. It just wears us out. And really, um, what I've noticed is our heart, the organ of our heart and our heart center, or heart chakra, is an intake center. And most people, especially in our society, think it's an output that we need to do and do and do and give and give and give. But really, if we don't do and give to ourselves at least equally to what we give others, it will deplete us until we are very ill. So I, I never ask people to, you know, take care of themselves more than what they do everyone else, but at least equally to what we give to others. And then we won't be depleted and we won't become ill from, from doing what we do. So basically, like, like you said, if you take charge of your thoughts, and your emotions, you're taking charge of your body, your physical well-being. Yes, yes. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, I'm a negative thinker because my, I grew up that way and my family's negative thinkers. Well, you know, then maybe your family is still in charge of you, where I want to be in charge of me. And so I would want to deliberately catch any negative thoughts and get more in charge of it and send it in a more positive direction. That makes sense. If people mm-hmm. just would just think about it, it really makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, yeah. 
I did notice too you talked about psychic work and imagination. They seem to go hand in hand. Imagination um, is a certain vibration. And intuition, well, you know, and, and if the listeners really take this in and let it happen, it, there will be a leap in your abilities. If you could make this leap right now that intuition and your intuitive abilities will always, 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 always feel like imagination because it's, it's non-physical. The information is non-physical usually with intuition. And so it's always going to feel like our imagination, but it's not, it's absolutely real. It's like the chairs we're sitting on right now uh, are very, very physical in nature. But intuition is the wisdom that is all around us, no matter where we're at as we're um, participating, you know, with your your radio show here. Um, It's wisdom is all around us. It's just a matter of receiving it. That's what it is. And if you make also, this leap, it's always going to feel like imagination. Well, make yeah. the leap, everybody. Make the leap because it will make <laughs> a huge difference. <laughs> I think I think if people would just start thinking out of the box or coming out of the box, you know, mm-hmm. something that they are very passionate about, then their whole life seems to change. Yes. Yes. Nobody boxes, has... boxes nah. us in but us, but ourselves. No. Mm-mm. And then I noticed, the, and then sharing your perceptions, um, what you believe them or not, is tremendous important. Sharing your perceptions, is that something, sharing it with your clients, or you want to go into that a little bit? You mean literally um, yeah. uh, was receiving it, is it hard? hearing? Was it hard? Yeah, what you were hearing and then doing what, you know, they were actually uh, leading you to do, I guess, the sharing your perceptions. Mm. You talked about that a little bit, and I wonder, do you, uh, what do you believe or you don't believe? It's tremendously important. You talked about sharing your perceptions somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, people will tell me, and I'm not sure if this is what you mean, but uh, okay, a lot ahead. of people who are intuitive uh run around rushing up to other people and say, oh, I just got, you know, an intuitive hit about you and I just uh, got this and they tell them, you know, what they perceived. And I would ask people to just to take more care about it. And I have decided that I am going to be, um, I guess, more respectful and share what I receive if the person asks me, if they come for a session with me, uh, I don't want to to shock or surprise anyone with what we get. And, you know, sometimes it, uh, people struggle with it because it's not really welcomed. And the, the shock of it, um, I think people struggle with, too, even, even if we're correct for them. Um, mm-hmm. 
if it wasn't, you know, requested, I just take care in sharing what I perceive. I'm not sure if that's what your question was. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it's it's just how you perceive it and and how you share it with your clients. Mm-hmm. I never want to scare anybody, so no. that's one of my ways to measure it. Uh, it's like I would not say, even if we could legally, I would not say cancerous right. tumor, but I would describe it in all kinds of ways, and then I would ask that you know, they have it checked. So, uh, because I don't want to, once, once someone becomes afraid, if you think about times we've, that, uh, you've been afraid, it's a clamping down, um, feeling. And so no one can hear anything or perceive anything, uh, once they're afraid because they like just kind of, it's a very constricting clamping down, uh, emotion. So I, I never want to scare anybody. No, no. I guess what I want to ask you, and this is for you, is when you think back of everything that you've done to come up to this point, who has inspired you the most? Oh, wow. Hmm. Who's inspired me the most? Um. I would need to say that a man who is a dowser, a dowser, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, it's someone who uses a pendulum. I learned a great deal from um, an older man named Raymond Grace. And you can look him up. You can Google him and stuff. He's a kind of an old mountain man, actually, in the Appalachian Mountains. And I took a class from him. And... Um, really opened up my eyes um, and my awareness in uh, new and surprising ways. So even when you ask that question, see, I just pause and wait to see who leaped in and, and, and he leaped. So that would be my answer. Oh, that was a good answer. Mm-hmm. It sounded like he had uh, uh, some things to show you in uh Mm-hmm. And you took it up. Yes, he he takes using a pendulum beyond just receiving yes and no answers. And a pendulum, if you think about it, is really an extension of our energy field, and it's a visible extension. So um, it's a, it's a wonderful tool. Can you can you tell us a little bit of what you said? He uses it more with more than with the yes or no answers. Can you just mm. give us a brief um, description of that? Yes, you can. You can. Um, oh, ask um, like what percentages something is. You can ask for well, how many of something is needed. Um, so you can uh, take it into much more detail. He uses here's I guess a good example. Um, for anyone who's listening, if you use a pendulum, you can actually clear negative energy. So he works on uh, school systems, uh, school buildings for children to improve the energy uh, of a school, you know, of a school. 
um, intersections where people have had a lot of automobile wrecks or even deaths, he will um, use the pendulum to clear, um, you know, the, the sorrow and the heartache at an intersection. So he just, it really opened my eyes. And his other thing is uh, cleansing water so that people are drinking better quality water. So he's a he's a profound teacher, I think. Oh, we have another call now. Pretty popular okay. tonight, Tina. Oh, I I guess we don't. I guess they left. Um, okay. But they might be back. Yeah, they um, might be back. And um, a lot of people don't understand how to do this, but how to take charge of your energy field. Hmm. Well, when I say that, again, it has probably, a, well, not probably, but it has a, a great deal to do with our thoughts because um, when we think a thought, the energy of that surges through our body in some way. So uh, we kind of began uh, earlier on in our talk together, Karen, you mentioned um, purples and golds. Well, I took note of that and I thought, well, that's fascinating that that's one of the first things you brought up was um, the, the colors of purple and gold and that they're a very high vibration. And so it's um, one of the things that I teach or talk about is deliberately running our energy throughout our physical body and using the high vibrational colors or using the rainbows um, using uh, gold, uh, the, the vibration of gold, and, and we just think it and fill our body up with it. If we think, oh, I'm going to fill my body up with rainbows and gold, our body will fill up with rainbow, rainbows and gold and energy, and it, we can raise our own vibration uh, just with our thoughts and our thoughts. feelings. Hmm. Okay, now the, I think the caller came back, so let's go. Okay. Hello. Can we have a first name, please? Hi, my name's Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Go ahead, Michelle. Um, I just turned you on, actually, so I was just starting to listen. Uh-huh. Oh, so... Are you answering you, questions? Yeah, she's answering or? questions. Yeah, yeah she questions. is, if you have uh-huh. one. Um, I was wondering if you see me have... Um, with a love relationship coming? <laughs> it's a, um, an interesting question. Um, <laughs> it ha- it's going to have actually a lot to do with what, um, you know, that Karen and I were just talking about, is that some people, uh, and I have noticed this frequently, struggle uh to find a connection, you know, with a a love relationship with a new person. And it has a lot to do with opening up to receiving abundance from the universe. 
because a relationship or wonderful experiences is part of the abundance. So this is what I'm getting uh, particularly for you is to feel, if you would, very open. See, because energy will follow your thoughts, that you are very open to receiving a wonderful relationship in your life. And that person will also come. There's also, because there really is, you know, there's an old saying, oh, there's somebody out there for everyone. And uh, I have found that's true. But we need to be open and we need to think about receiving a relationship. And that's real different than just finding somebody, um, you know, along the way. It's, if you would... Would you just think, oh, I'm going to receive and really emphasize the word receive because the word receive has a phenomenal vibration and uh, you can also add, and I'm going to magnetize. In other words, feel like a magnet and draw that person to you. We, in fact, have to be careful what we think because, you know, like when I... Uh, call out for um, help from a particular guide. I don't just call out to the universe, oh, help me. I call out for very particularly uh, uh, what I want a specialty guide um, to come. You know, what do I want in a guide? And I would say, you know, notice what do you really want in a relationship and draw that to you just feel like you're a magnet and you just just kind of you know just kind of draw it to you so please pay attention to your ability to receive in all kinds of ways but also in you receiving a relationship so when you say this do you um you know like so many minutes a day or try to do it throughout the day or any guidance on that? Oh, no, that's a super question. Don't work at it because when we work hard at something, uh, it tends to be uh, a heavier vibration because we're, we're okay. working too hard, literally. Uh, so put it out there with a feeling of love and kindness and compassion and uh, put uh, add that feeling to the thought of receiving because our emotions emphasize the vibration of each word. So add, add the, the beautiful thoughts, uh, not uh, focusing on, oh, I'm you know, without a relationship because that sends the whole energy a different way. Just feel like, oh, I am bringing the perfect relationship to me. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'm writing it down. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Good. I love it when people well, write things down. That's a good down. idea. Write it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are so Have a good evening. I'm a nurse and everything, and psych nurse because I am too. So. Ah, see, the nurses are rising up this evening. They are. <laughs> yeah. 
We've had other nurses call in too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank all you. Right. I'll keep listening. Thank you. You're for welcome. In. Um, I was thinking about this as you were talking to the caller, and I'm sure you go over this with your students, and I, I, I think this is very important. Understand and use the knowing you have. Well, so many people are, you know, people are very creative in convincing themselves that they're failing. Mm-hmm. We're very, very creative. In fact, I point that out in, in my workshops. People uh, are very creative in thinking that they're failing um, uh, to be intuitive in the workshop. And so at some point, sometimes I'll even uh, ask for people to be real honest and raise their hands. And um, if they feel like everybody else is more intuitive in the room than they are. Mm -hmm. And almost everybody raises their hands, Karen. So we're, we're very, very good at convincing ourselves that we're failing and um it it's important to catch that and realize that there's no reason for you to fail at all because again we're wired to receive intuition it's simply information and we're built to receive it we're built to um radiate information out Outward also, so we're uh, we're like uh, big antennas. That's interesting, uh, and sometimes people can be their own worst enemies. And don't you think when they start out and doing something different and new? Yes, that because well, and you know, I wonder why people struggle so much to realize uh, how wonderful they are and how uh, much they can achieve. But it's very, very telling when I ask that question in a workshop, how many of you feel like everybody else is doing better than they are? And when 80 to 90% of the room raises their hands, yeah, you know, they're all trying to convince themselves that everybody's better than they are. And I also notice sometimes with my students, I tell them that with this type of work, sometimes you have to throw your logical mind out the door, you you know, because not everything's that way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I say once you're done with class, you can come back with your logical mind, but when you're in my class, you must, you know, throw that logic out the door for a while. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Because I I just think it I just think that you know you have to get and you know this probably with your own students you have to get them to look at a different way of looking at things and thinking about it. Would you say that, Tina? Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll tell people it's it's simply a matter of noticing in a different way. Right. It's, it's really about noticing um, the more subtle. 
it's like somebody, you know, like I mentioned a while ago, the the bird was tapping on my window mm-hmm. last week, and and I just put that question out there: uh, What am I to get? What information am I to get? And then I paused and in leaped the piece of information I was to know at that moment. But most people don't uh, trust themselves. I, I no, think they I don't think they do. That. Right. Mm-mm. I think they they don't pick up on the subtleties, you know, mm-hmm. that because they were never taught to pick up. A lot of people, I don't mean everybody, but a lot of people were never taught that way of thinking to pick up on the subtleties. Right, right. So it is just a matter of noticing and noticing the very subtle, noticing uh, things that repeat. Like um, uh, how many times have um, multiple people mentioned the same book to you? And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll even have that with my clients that the, oh, three, maybe three clients over the last month have mentioned the same book to me. Well, that's a signal I need to get that book. Yes. So, yeah, so the universe signals us through other people, through nature, um, through the air, all kinds of ways. Through music sometimes. Oh, music, yes. Yes. Especially um, what lyrics that uh, get stuck in your head, you know. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's a message in that. Yeah, that was, that's a good one to bring up, Karen. Yeah, it, it, people don't realize that, but it, it, there is a way that they come through with music. It seems to be one way that they try to communicate. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, well, I have... You've been a wonderful guest, Tina, and thank you very oh. much. And I, I just want to leave uh, with our, our listeners with one thought from your book that sums a lot of this up. The Medical Intuitive lives a life of knowing and perceiving with x-ray on eyes of the soul. Mm. And that sums it up to me. And I just want to thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you tonight. It's been a while since I've seen you. Mm -hmm. And you've been a Mm -hmm. busy person. (laughs) So Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved this. I did too. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Our show next month will be on December 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guest will be Dr. Jan Holden. In this program, Dr. Holden will report on both research findings and personal and professional experiences with after-death communication the spontaneous or facilitated experience of direct contact with a deceased person with whom one has a personal relationship. For the research portion, she will review findings from the 35 studies of spontaneous after-death communication that were published between 19, I'm sorry, between 1894 and 2006, involving over 50,000 people from around the world as well as a 2011 study in Australia. She will also describe practice of induced after-death communication, a technique she facilitates a client's after-death communication during a counseling session 
including a study she and her research team recently completed on the effects of induced after-death communication on grief. She will illustrate both of these topics with her own spontaneous and facilitated experiences and those of others who have been her counseling clients or research participants. It's been a pleasure tonight spending time with all you truth seekers around the globe. And remember, until we meet again, may you be the light Southern Sea.